Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettle Cast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll be talking about the Hawks' 127 to 137 loss to the New York Knicks. In a battle for the fourth seed in the East, the Hawks couldn't overcome a tough injury to Trey Young, and the Knicks were able to win the game in overtime. Without further ado, let's get into it. That was just a brutal game. The Hawks lose Trey Young to an ankle sprain. Clint Capella has a really hard fall. He is able to play the rest of the game, but it looks like the Hawks might miss him for at least a couple of games. And the Hawks ultimately lose a tough game in New York, 127 to 137 in overtime to the Knicks. This was an important game. Both teams are trying to get into that fourth spot in the East. Of course, that fourth spot brings home court for the first round of the playoffs, and this was a slugfest. Um, There were only about 2,000 players up in the garden in New York, but they were loud, and you could hear them through the game, and both teams went back and forth. Uh, This game would go to overtime ultimately. It was very evenly matched. If you look at uh, the shots made, both teams made 49 shots. The Knicks did it on 91 attempts, where the Hawks took 107 attempts. Um, Both teams got to the free throw line similarly Hawks got 24 or 17 of 24 from the free throw line the Knicks were 20 of 25 the rebounds were pretty even assists were 28 to 29 in the Knicks favor Um, the one area the Hawks had a very big lead in was turnovers they turned the Knicks over 17 times compared to just 10 uh, 10 Hawk turnovers but on the whole this game was very close And the Hawks had several opportunities to try to get this win. But uh, going through the game, the Hawks came out, and I thought that first half was very good. They took a team in the Knicks that does not allow a lot of fast break points. And the Hawks had 17 fast break points. A couple things that that does is they were getting turnovers, and they weren't allowing the Knicks to get back and get their defense set. The Knicks are one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. Any team coached by Tom Thibodeau is going to be a good A very fundamental, solid defense. And those 17 points were huge for the Hawks in the first half. Uh, The first quarter, they outscored the Knicks 39-34. to Trey got it going. He had double-digit points in that first uh, quarter. And Trey really had it going all game until he got injured. Trey would end the game with 20 points and 14 assists, um, two rebounds, four steals. And that was – he played almost three quarters. He played 30 minutes. And Trey was really the difference. The Hawks were plus 13 when Trey was in, and it was brutal to see him go down. He went up for a layup in that third quarter, a little floater, and landed on Norvell Pell's foot, and Trey went down, and that was as bad as as I've seen Trey hit the ground. Uh, He was screaming. You could hear it again. You could hear all the noise, really, in the stadium. And Trey was down, and he had to be helped off the court and went immediately to the locker room. Um, Today, he tweeted out that, it, it isn't as bad as possibly he thought going into it. He said God has his back and he'll be back, but it's brutal. Of course, this Hawks team is really going to go as far as Trey takes them, and it was tough to see him go down. The Knicks were not immune from injury. Taj Gibson uh, got hit in the face in the first half. He went to the locker room and wouldn't come back. Come back. Nerlens Noel got hit in the head by an elbow going up for a rebound, actually Clint Capella coming down from trying to get an offensive rebound, hit Nerlens Noel in the head, and Nerlens went right down to the ground. He would come back, 
and his return would be really big for the Knicks. But this was a slugfest of the game. The Knicks are a very physical team, and that is nowhere shown more than with their star, Julius Randle, who wants to get contact with players. It's funny, having watched a full season of Trey Young and see how refs adjust to the way Trey Young plays, especially after coaches complain or uh, make comments about how Trey plays, seeing another star player get a bunch of foul calls and also not get fouls called on him as much. Uh, Julius Randle was awesome. He had 40 points on 11 of 21 shooting. He was 6 of 8 from 3. Just incredible three-point shooting. He hit his first five three-pointers. He got to the free throw line 13 times, made 12 of his 13 free throws. But Julius Randle is just taking it right at guys, mostly John Collins and the other big men in Aneka Kongwu and also Clint Capella. But he does this move where he faces up, he gets to the basket, and then he throws his chest into the defensive player. And a couple times in the game, he would do that move, go through the Hawks player, and then get mad at the official that they didn't call an and one or didn't call a foul on the uh, Hawks player, when I think that's kind of an offensive foul. But um, Julius Randle got to the basket and was a big difference maker for the Knicks. Um, he did get a couple of soft fouls at, to start the third quarter. John Collins did a nice job of playing. He took a charge on Julius Randle, who ran straight through John Collins and then complained again. I don't know what he was complaining about. Um, he was complaining so much that John Collins got all the way behind him. Trey Young, with his fantastic vision, threw a beautiful pass right over Julius Randle. John gets it, gets up, and Julius Randle fouls him. One of the softer fouls of the night. I don't know what the rest were doing or why they called that particular foul. Uh, it was nice to see John Collins finally get a foul and get to the free throw line. But those were uh, Julius Randle would get three fouls in a little two-minute stretch to start the first, second half. And other than that, I mean, he just used his body and was a big factor in why the Knicks were able to get the win. But the Hawks eventually would lead at halftime 69-67. to 67. The Knicks would put together a strong second quarter. They outscored the Hawks 33-30 to in the second quarter and really did a nice job of staying in the game. A big part of that was their hot shooting. The Knicks could not miss in the first half. In the first half, they shot 59% from the field, 62%. They shot over what they shot from the field from three-point land. Their three-point shooting was incredible. Some of that was the Hawks not getting out to the Knicks three-point shooters, but a couple of those were just ridiculous shots. Again, Julius Randle hit a couple of three-pointers. Um, R.J. Barrett banked in a three, and it just felt that the Hawks should have been up by more than two to put up 69 on this d defense. Really strong first half, and then to only be up two was a little bit of a letdown. Now the Hawks came out of that third quarter, and they started really putting it to the Knicks and scoring kind of at will. A big part of that was when Nerland's Noel went out, the Hawks started to get Clint Capella going, and Clint Capella, again, continues to be one of the Hawks' best players, uh, if not the best player. Um, but the Knicks really had no answer for Clint Capella once Nerland's Noel went down, and them him coming back in that fourth quarter was huge. But, again, there was a mini swing when Nerland's Noel went out in the third quarter, and then, of course, when uh, Trey Young went down for the Hawks. It just felt like... Kind of the air went out of the building on the Hawks' side of the ball, and it really hurt that uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich had not gotten off to a, the best start, and the Knicks just made a steady comeback until they had built. They went on a 15-0 to run to put the Hawks down 7 or 8 
with about six minutes to go. And I was like, are the Hawks going to be able to get out of this? You know, it's just been a straight march for the Knicks. I thought that Nick McMillan without Trey Young was really trying to scramble with his lineups. There was a lineup in particular with both Brandon Goodwin, Lou Williams, and John Collins at the five that I just thought did not have any chance and didn't put the Hawks in a very good situation to try to win this game. And he waited a little bit too long before switching that lineup. It just, these were a bunch of guys who haven't played together. Again, this is John Collins' second game back from injury. Uh, Lou Williams has not played a ton with John Collins. I don't know that Lou Williams, Brandon Goodwin, and John Collins have ever been on the court together in practice, like on the same squad. But the lineups that Coach McMillan threw out there in that fourth quarter were not very effective. And um, it showed as the New York Knicks outscored the Hawks 32 to 25 in the fourth. Now, the Hawks did a nice job of staying. They kind of steadied themselves, and they would go on a little run of their own, a 9-2 run, and bring this game back up to even with about four minutes to go, and it was anyone's game. The Knicks were able to get to the basket. Uh, Brandon Goodwin got fouled when the Hawks were down two. He only made one of two uh, free throws before Julius Randle was able to get a layup and put the Knicks up three with about uh, 10 seconds to go, and the Hawks called timeout, and they were going to have to run a play to get a three-pointer to send this game into overtime. Nate McMillan has been great out of timeouts since being elevated to the head coach, and he did not disappoint. They ran a beautiful play. Both Herter and Bogdan Bogdanovich got moving, and Bogdanovich got open in the corner. The ball found its way to him, and he drained a three with six seconds left to tie the game. The Knicks would go to their best player in Julius Randle to try to win the game in regulation, and Randle didn't even get a shot off uh, before the final buzzer sounded, and so we were into overtime. And The Hawks did a wonderful job of pushing this game and getting into overtime, but you could tell by then that they were gassed to start the overtime. They just didn't seem to have the same energy. Clint Capella had fallen already. And he, frankly, did not look the same after his fall. He didn't hit any of his free throws that he got on that fall. And Solomon Hill looked exhausted. And ultimately, the Knicks would take the overtime period 15-5 to to get the 10-point victory. But just a really, really good game to see the Hawks come back after losing their captain, their best player, Trey Young, um, to send this game into overtime. And a really good game against a Eastern Conference opponent um, this was a brutal loss. It, it it did stink for sure and uh, sent the Hawks to 32 and 27 and the Knicks hold the tiebreaker. They've won all three of the matchups this season, but this was a game that could have gone to either side. And one of the things the Hawks are going to have to figure out is how to guard Julius Randle. Randle ended the game with 40 points, 11 rebounds, one of them offensive, six assists, a steal. He did have four turnovers, uh, but Randle was magnificent. He hit his first five threes. The Hawks still Don't have the game plan to run him off that three-point line. I thought they adjusted their defense pretty nice to start attacking Julius Randle when he starts to dribble right and send a double team at him. But they started that a little too late. And it's going to take a group effort from the Hawks. John Collins in just his second game back, it's a tough cover for him. There's no DeAndre Hunter to throw at him. Um, But I thought the Hawks did make a a few adjustments, and they're just going to have to figure out how to stop Julius Randle. Randle has scored 40 or more points against the Hawks twice this season. He's only done it three times all season, and two of them have come against the Hawks, so they're going to have to figure that match out. 
Um, Reggie Bullock, three-point shooter, 6 of 11 from the field, 6 of 11 from three for 18 points, three rebounds, uh, three, four assists. He just is a three-point shooter. Hawks have to get out to him. And him and Julius Randle have a very nice connection where they have a little two-man game, and it's either going to be Randle going to the basket or him finding Reggie Bullock for an open three. And Bullock did his job. R.J. Barrett had a solid game. He had 16 points on 6 of 8 shooting, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. He got going in the second half after a dunk. And the Hawks did a nice job of frustrating R.J. Barrett in the first half and not really letting him get into any sort of rhythm. He banked in a three-pointer, which was ridiculous. But, um, you know, the Hawks did a pretty nice job on R.J. throughout the game. Off the bench, the... Knicks got two really nice performances from point guards. Both Derrick Rose and Emmanuel Quickley went for 20 points. Rose would eventually foul out, but not before scoring 20 points. Hit his only three-pointer. He had four rebounds, three assists, and the Hawks really had no one to stop him. He was getting to the basket and looking kind of like the old-school Derrick Rose, getting to the basket, adjusting on his jump, and getting into layups. And then Quickley was hitting three-pointers. He was four of six from the three-point line. 7 of 11 overall, had four assists. He came in when Derrick Rose uh, fouled out, and he really carried the Knicks in that overtime period. Uh, And just a really strong performance from the Knicks, um, taking advantage of the Hawks once Trey Young went out. The Hawks had, you know, their starters played all pretty well. Trey Young, again, had 20 and 14, most of that coming in the first half. Trey really had it going in the first quarter, was finding all of his teammates. Again, it looked like he might go for 20 assists, but he never got the chance after that injury. Clint Capella, 25 points, 22 boards, uh, uh, just continues to be a menace in the middle. He really took over in the third quarter once Nerlens Noel went out. He also had an assist, two steals, and a block. Bogdan Bogdanovich carried the Hawks late. He didn't have his best game at the beginning, but he doesn't stop shooting. That aggression continues throughout the game. He had 20 points, six rebounds, four assists, three steals. He did have four turnovers, but, of course, that big three at the end of regulation to send it to overtime. Kevin Herter was going early, and it looks like Herter might be on his way to a big game. He had 17 points, 7 of 15 from the field, 2 of 8 from three-point line, three rebounds, four assists. And then John Collins, still on a minutes uh, restriction, played 27 minutes. He was 7 of 11, 2 of 5 on his three-point shots. Good to see him to get those three-point shots up. 1 of 2 on his free throws. He had three rebounds, four assists. And hopefully Collins continues to play well. He hopefully will also continue to get those minutes up. The Hawks bench really didn't play well. That was one area that the Knicks really kicked the Hawks' butt was in bench scoring. The Hawks had 27 to the 48 points off the bench for the Knicks. Uh, Solomon Hill had five points. Lou Williams had 11. Neka Kongu had four. And Brandon Goodwin had seven points. But really tough loss for the Hawks. It's going to be something to watch how the Hawks adjust without Trey Young. And I wonder if Clint Capella is going to play on Friday against the Heat. I do think Brandon Goodwin is much better when he knows he's going to be playing with the first unit. I'm sure that Brandon Goodwin is going to be elevated to be the starting point guard and to see how he meshes with the new uh, unit of Bogdan, Herter, John Collins, and Clint Capella will be something to watch going forward. He's done a good job of filling in for Trey in the past. He's not the scorer or the passer of Trey Young is, but he does a nice job of kind of giving you 60% of Trey and doing enough to help the Hawks get a win. 
The Hawks are also going to hopefully have to get some of their other people off the injury report after sending Trey Young there. I'm sure it's going to be big to get Gallinari, another scoring, someone who can score off the bench off the injury report. Try to get some of these guys we haven't seen a lot of, whether it's DeAndre Hunter or Chris Dunn. The Hawks just really could use some health right now, especially in this really tough stretch of games. But the Hawks' next game is Friday against the Heat. I'm sure they will be without Trey Young. Don't know about Clint Capella. I'm sure he's sore today. It was a really brutal fall for the big man. But the Hawks went up. They played really well. It was a hard fought. They fought and got sent the game to overtime, but was not enough to get a win. And really under Nate McMillan, the big thing you've seen is the Hawks not have back-to-back losses. So we'll see if they're able to keep up that streak against the Heat. And the Kettlecast will be there to talk to you about that game tomorrow. Go Hawks. Thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks.